0: Listen to the words taken from Paul's letter to the Philippians. Rejoice in the Lord always. I shall say it again, rejoice. Your kindness should be known to all, for the Lord dwells within all of us. Have no anxiety at all. Pray with gratitude and the peace of Christ, which is beyond all knowledge and understanding will guard both your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Finally, my sisters and brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing what you have learned, and received, and heard, and seen in me. Then the God of peace will be with you. You know, one of the things that Oprah is well known for is her giveaway shows. You know, during her 30 plus years on TV, she's been known to give away all kinds of merchandise, including new cars. In those circumstances, I would think it's safe to say that gratitude comes fairly easy for the recipients of those gifts. But life is never always that good. So unfortunately for you, I'm not Oprah, and this isn't her show, and each of you are not getting a new Cadillac when you leave. But seriously, gratitude is often seen as the response for getting something tangible, something physical, something that you want. And if you get what you want, most often you give thanks. The problem with that form of gratitude is that it's ego-centered. I wanted, I got, I gave thanks. And while there's necessarily nothing wrong with that model, I think it does little to promote long-term wholeness and holiness. And I think this is what Paul was getting at when he was writing to his congregation in Philippi, the place that I was able to visit last month. But when Paul first arrived in the city, things didn't start out too well for him. See, his teachings threatened the status quo of those who were rooted in their power and their prestige and the money. Basically, people who wanted to get what they wanted. Paul was beaten, flogged, and shackled in prison. But how did he respond to his adversity and persecution? Paul sang joyful praise, and he gave thanks to God. His message to his jailers and those around him was not to be afraid of your faith and what others think, but to give thanks for God's presence wherever you may be, even if it's a jail cell. And actually it was Paul's actions, that attitude of joy and gratitude for life that led to his release. Paul's message was soon accepted by the Philippians and led to many conversions. After 18 months, he continued on his missionary journey. But years later, he finds himself back in prison in the city of Rome, and this time waiting to be executed. He's near the end of his life. Chained, battered, and broken, Paul writes to the community that he loves so much back in Philippi, and the words that we heard this morning encourage them to do what else but rejoice, and instructing them on what clearly seems to be a paradox of gratitude. Why a paradox? Because versus this sense of gratitude for giving thanks for what I want or what I have. Paul's constant instruction is for a model of gratitude that is other-centered. He says, your kindness should be known to all. And his reason? Because God dwells within each and every one of us, without exception. Even those family members that will be coming over for dinner later that annoy the hell out of you. You see... Paul's model of gratitude is not ego centered. Rather, it's all about participation. It's not about me. It's about you. It's not about what I want. It's about what others need. It's not about how much I have. It's about what others don't. We need to understand that our life is not about us, but we are about life. And once we get that, we allow ourselves to be a conduit of God's love, filled with deep gratitude. Letting go of our egos, or what Paul refers to as flesh, allows us to lose focus on our wants, and our needs, and our desires, which allows us to let go of our cracks, and our blemishes, and our faults. We no longer have to spend our lives waiting to receive what we want or feel what is owed to us. Rather, we are able to live Paul's participatory participatory message of gratitude when he says, keep doing what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. You see, my sisters and brothers, all we are called to do is to be part of this one life, this eternal flow, or what many call the King of Glory, the Light of Israel, the Prince of Peace. And by simply being part of this flow of God, we don't have to have the right answer. We don't have to straighten everything out. We don't have to fix those around us. And we don't even have to be perfect like God. We just have to participate. And it is living a life of participation that allows us to be aware and grateful for the mutual indwelling that Paul refers to. Then the things like rejoicing and gratitude and compassion become as natural as the breaths that we take. By Paul writing at least five letters from prison, he makes the point, there are no bars, There are no circumstances, there are no addictions, there are no hurdles that we face that are so immense that prevent the spirit from bringing gracious light and life into our lives. Thus, even with all kinds of adversity in our lives, Paul teaches us that the joy and energy and life behind each of our journeys toward wholeness and holiness is just immense gratitude for the unconditional love and inner presence of God that each of us already have. And that, my sisters and brothers, is something that we can all rejoice for and give thanks.